all the time. W-E-B-Y, Milton, Pensacola. This Thursday, that means we are doing our annual mock draft here on Sports Call. Also, the European Super League, no more. But what would a Super League look like in college football? We'll go over that. And Chris Garagiola, the voice of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, will be joining us in studio. This is Sports Call. Welcome to Sports Call, everybody. It is Saturday. It's a gorgeous day outside. Not really. It's not really that gorgeous outside. It's all rainy and cloudy. But... Do I care when it's Saturday, Justin? No, why? Why? Because we made it, and we're almost making it into a new class at the NFL draft. And by the way, Roger Goodell, draft hugs are back. He is fully vaccinated. Draft hugs are back. Kind of the probably not. I, I'd probably say it's one of the more odd like news feeds to ever roll across my phone. It's like yeah. Roger Goodell, uh, draft hugs are back. I was just like. Okay, weird flex, but all right. I mean, it's a normal thing. It's in Cleveland, yeah. which I think Cleveland this year is probably the best place to put the draft when you're finally back from COVID. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're back from COVID. We are back There are no events getting canceled. There are still some social distancing protocols. There are still, uh, you know... You know, there are limited seating at sporting events due to COVID-19. But if you're at least in the state of Florida, more specifically the Pensacola area, everything is back. The city of Pensacola yesterday lifted their mask mask ordinance, which means you can walk into a building and not feel obligated to have to wear a mask, especially if the building is owned by the city of Pensacola. Granted, they do ask if that you please put one on anyways, but you're, you're not obligated to do it. So... That's a that's a good thing, and I'll be honest. I'm just going to put it out there. Now that I know the mask ordinance in many areas has been lifted, I bl- probably won't wear my mask. I'm healthy. I have my first vaccination shot. I'm going to get my second one here in a couple of weeks, and then two weeks after that, it's supposed to fully be in your body, and you're good to go. That defense shield is there. I can't wait to get that second shot, and I can't wait for that two-week window to be done. But I think I'm going to ease, like slowly ease off the mask. But if I go to a business that says, hey, wear your mask, we still require it, so be it. That's a privately owned business. They can do that, and I'll wear my mask because I want it, I want the, the good that I'm trying to purchase from you. So that's sort of where I stand on that topic. But uh, to kind of back it all up, it, it feels good that sports and uh, sports are basically all back. There are very limited restrictions now, and the draft is back. And we have Goodell hugs. We have the crowd booing Goodell when he walks out onto the stage because it was – very awkward last year when it was all done virtually and he's standing in front of his TV and he's like, come on guys, you can do better than that. And I'm like, man, Goodell, you are just a weird human, but yet you make so much money and you, he has to be decent at his job because the owners love him. I think the owners love him because they can push him around. Also, 
he he's just not a TV personality. He is not a TV personality guy, but he's a get, he's getting the job done. He's doing a tough job. He's getting the job done. And I know we love to hate on Goodell, but I also think he's got to be decent at it if he continuously keeps getting extensions. Yeah, you know, Dave Portnoy and the rivalry they Loves have. to hate on him. Oh, my gosh. It's funny, though. I mean, it's it's honestly probably some of my be- the best stuff on the Internet. And, and by the way, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports. Barstool, with exception of a couple of me- staff members, Barstool essentially is banned from doing anything with the NFL. Correct. So that's – like, they can't get media credentials. They that's can't why they have – the, the, yeah. They can't get credentials for the Super Bowl. Now, granted, they can pay money to go to the Super Bowl. Which is the thing that um, – Dave Portnoy, is, uh, I'm, I believe, is banned from all NFL events. I believe. Well, every year they always try to sneak in, regardless. Well, yeah, it's a game now. No, because it was one time they they physically carried Portnoy out of the Super Bowl with a fake mustache and sunglasses on, which is hilarious because he wasn't trying to cover himself up that no. much. He was. He even made his his but, disguise a joke. But you remember the uh, charity? Which what was the charity um, that Tom, like, Tom Brady was involved in? It Goodell was involved with it. Um, I forget what it was. Oh, I forget what the charity was, but yeah, it was it was basically a way to raise a bunch of money. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so I'll let you tell the story. Um, Dave Portnoy, there was there was something for a you can watch the NFL draft or be a part of the NFL draft or no or it was, or was it, it was watching an NFL game with Roger Goodell in his uh, home basement and like I just sit in like his chair and whatnot. And Dave Portnoy said, "I'm going all in on that." He did. He won. He won the charity. And, and they said, no, you're not allowed. They're saying, like, no, 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 we're not doing can, it. You can take no. the money back. Yeah, and so they gave the money back, which which was just like, it's so, and, you know, Dave Portnoy was, he was mad about it, but he was also laughing at it because it's just like, of course, you know, they won't let Dave Portnoy do it, even though they, he, he won fair and square. Uh, it, was, it was really funny. I, I enjoyed it a lot just because of the fact <laughs> it's like, hey, I want to mess with this guy so bad. Dude, so, yeah, but the draft is back, and we're going to be going over our mock drafts. Chris Garagiola is going to be joining us. He has his mock draft. I made sure to tell him to be ready, and he was like, how long can I go on it? And I'm like, I don't know. We're trying to like keep it within a segment. He's like, oh, I was going to spend like two minutes on each pick. And I'm like, you know what? We could make this a whole hour. Well, we used to anyways. We can make – so the rules are going to be – and I'll, I'll repeat the rules when we get there, but the rules are going to be we're going to go five picks at a time. When we get down to the final seven, because there's 32 teams, we'll just read off the final seven because I'll be honest, I kind of was struggling making my drop mock draft. Once I got past the 20th pick, from there it was like, all right, I really don't know any of these players. No, I do know them. I just don't really know what the teams need and all that. So I just sort of was putting players where I thought – Eh, they got a good quarterback, so they don't need a quarterback. I know they're they have a lot of receivers, so they obviously don't need a receiver. Maybe they need an offensive lineman. Maybe their defense could be better. So they're going to take this guy. I don't know why they would take that guy, but why not? Well, you have ESPN Plus, don't you? I do have ESPN Plus. I'm I did, pretty sure and they, I, and they I, usually do have something where it's like list all the teams' needs yeah. and whatnot. But I'm more, I'm more. And for me, I'm not trying to copy what Mel Kuyper's putting down. I'm not trying to ta- well, copy what I. Todd McShay's putting down. I want this to be the Davis Allen mock draft, and let's see who's better. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going to have a perfect 32 picks in a row. Don't think so. In fact, I think that should be like another kind of like March a bracket madness. buster. That should be another March Madness. Like whoever can predict a perfect first round wins like a thousand dollars. That ought, and I know Coach K talk football with Coach K. He has a promotion going on on his show. Whoever has the best first round wins uh, some gift certificates to certain places. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. I need to go back over the rules. We also have a Mother's Day promotion that we'll get into here in a little bit called My Mom's the Goat. Heck yeah. My mom is the goat, by the way, the greatest of all time. Her and I went to a wedding yesterday, 
and her and my dad were breaking it down on the dance floor. That was awesome. But no, yeah. And that, by the way, that's another example of just us being back to uh, good times. Got to well, go to a wedding. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw my your, parents. You and your parents getting down. That was that was really it, cool. It was fun. Yeah, you know, moms are awesome. Moms, I love my mom. Moms are awesome. And next yeah, Sunday yeah. is Mother's Day, and be a part of our Mother's Day promotion. My mom's the goat. So simple. All you have to do is text us goat at 623-1330. That's 850-623-1330. Also include a picture of you and your mom. It could be doing a sporting event or you could be just hanging out, taking a nice picture at Disney World. Whatever it is, just submit a photo of you and your mom as well as GOAT and maybe include your name so that way we can call you and let you know you won. You do that. You're entered into our random drawing. We, we draw on, thir- on Friday. Last day to submit is on Thursday and you'll win a $50 gift certificate to Shannon's Seafood Kitchen. Awesome place. Also, everyone needs to get alterations done on their clothing, and that's where a $50 gift certificate to Lil John's Big and Tall. I know Lil John's Big and Tall usually caters to men, but they also do alterations, so if your mom needs to get something worked on, she can take it to there with her $50 to Lil John's Big and Tall. So that is what we're doing. Starting, It started last week, or it actually started during the week. You have from today until Thursday or Friday, actually, at 7 p.m. to get your submissions in on Friday. We're going to be announcing. So, yeah, Thursday uh, sorry, Thursday at 7 p.m. is the last day. Friday on Chad's show, Sports Drive, we will be announcing who the winner is. Do it. It's literally easy as could be. Just text GOAT to 623-1330 with a picture of you and your mom and your first name. Justin. Yes. You helped me move on Monday. I did, and I was very tired after that day. Like, I was kind of white. My, my, my shin is still feeling the effects. That I got beat up a little bit. Yeah, Justin was the guy. We had, we had some extra help. Obviously, my fiance Amanda, and uh, our, our good friend Jackson, who is like our lead brand ambassador here. Yep. He's kind of running the show when it comes to the brand ambassadors. He graciously volunteered. All I did was tell him, yeah, yeah, we're moving on Monday. And his response was, you need help? I'm like, yeah, I'll take all the help we can get. So he helped out. But Justin was the guy that kept hurting himself. Oh, look. Every every move he made resulted in him hurting himself. And there's a couple of times where I, I missed a couple things. You know, um, I know there was one time you were walking your bed frame and we were like crossing each other on the sidewalk and you almost took out my, my other pelvic bone where this one's fractured on my right side. You almost got my left one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It felt like everything possible that could have screwed up my shins was screwing up my shins. I know walking your like metal coffee table or what, what what was it? It would just kept hitting my shins because it was like locked right there at that position. It was just kind of I had to walk into it every step I took. But yeah, that was an interesting day. Dope place, by the way. That place is awesome. Thank you. I mean, I <laughs> I would move in there <laughs> in a heartbeat because that place. The amenities there are absolutely crazy. Yeah, so this place is is really cool. I recently moved to Beulah, and by the way, I told Justin and Jackson that this was probably going to take four hours total. Definitely did not take four hours. Took way more than four hours. I think it took we, uh, eight. It took about eight hours, which we it, the it took Amanda and I longer, obviously, because we had to go back to our old house to grab the rest of our clothes and just the rest of our stuff and clean up a little bit. Then we had to organize when we got home. We didn't go to bed until 1130. But the house itself, like 
the last couple of days, finally getting able, being able to enjoy it. Also, getting Draco, who, by the way, is in studio. We're going to connect the YouTube feed here in just a moment. But we have Draco in studio hanging out. You know, Draco is starting to get used to the place, and he's appreciating the amenities as well. We have a three-story gym. We have a rooftop lounge that we had dinner on that night. I ordered us some pizza, and we hung out on the balcony, the, the rooftop balcony, and enjoyed the nice sunset. Very, it was a very beautiful day on Monday, unlike today. There's an there's a arcade in there, a pool table, one of those, uh, those table shuffle boards that yeah, have the salt on tables. it. I, I know I broke the record to the uh, basketball game whenever I was there, you know, what, killing some time. I, I broke the record to the basketball game. So, you know, I don't know if the high score is still there, but I did have it. Um, but I yeah. think it's gone now. Yeah. I think I may have broken it because, you know, I was, uh, I was definitely putting up some J's. Definitely not what I'm worried about when it comes to your shot. But <laughs> anyways, uh, the place was it, it was very comfortable. I mean, it just had a very nice vibe to it um, and a variety of really cool and comfortable chairs. Yes. And I'll, they actually opened up a portion of the pool area. Okay. Now, and, and so the pool area is still completely closed down, but there's this outdoor area that's covered. So this morning when it was raining, Draco and I were chilling out there on the couches, just us two, and we were we were relaxing. It was nice. And we got we, on Thursday, they do this event called Third Thursday where we uh, they the, the the place, they have beer and wine and other drinks that, that are non-alcoholic. They had a food truck out there. Everything was paid for. I didn't have to pay for a single thing. It was a way to mingle with the residents and uh, you can bring your friends and try and recruit them to live there and if the, if they decide they want to live there, then you, the person who recruited them gets like $50 cash and they're... Turn on your mic. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a sip of my, my lemonade. By the way, Simply Lemonade, it's unbeaten. Yeah. Simply simply anything. Simply Orange, Simply True. Lemonade. It's unbeaten. Oh, and the Raspberry Lemonade, hands yeah. down the best. Correct. I, I'm not arguing that whatsoever. Um, I don't know the one company... Uh, they, they come in, they make, their, they make it in glass bottles. I forget what it is, though. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't know. That uh, does sound I, good, though. Yeah, it does sound good. Um, so you're telling me there was free food? You didn't tell me to come? Like, come I, on, I did not man. tell you. They encouraged you to bring a friend? It, it, yes, it was just Draco. I brought Draco instead. Well, I could have brought anybody. Exactly. But <laughs> I, I brought Draco instead, and he got to mingle with other dogs that were there. But and I know if you're and you're saying that you think you want to live at this place now. And so I, I, I could afford I, it. I could afford it. It if is, I'm being honest. It is a little pricey. I'm throwing it out there. But so I, I think it it's helps. worth it. I think it's worth it. If it, it. It's better if you have a roommate. Exactly. And my fiance and I cover expenses together. So it that's that's how we're able to afford it. If I, if I had to pay for it straight out of my pocket, I would not have a single penny on me because all of my money would go to rent. But it, other than that, it is, it is definitely a really cool place. Like I was hanging out uh, yesterday or actually really this morning, but yesterday too. I was sitting on the balcony with Draco and it was raining this morning. And I just was sitting there and ho- drinking my coffee, and I was like looking around, and I'm just thinking to myself, "This is nice. This is really nice. One day I want to own a home, of course, but for right now, this is really nice." So we finally got that out of the way. It feels great. We're not. I'm actually not completely done with my home that I was living in. I still have to go back and clean up a little bit more. I have to grab my TV that was in our our master room, and I have to grab a couple more things that we left behind. But other than that. We are, for the most part, done, and it's re- it feels really good because moving sucks, and so now I just get to kick it and uh, and just enjoy enjoy the new pad. And Draco and I are going to go back there later on. Uh, I, we have a fun thing going on tonight with my family. It's a it's a it's a family tradition that we do this 
um, that my extended family started, and we had joined them every year. So there's a school here, Sacred Heart Cathedral. Mm-hmm. It's located off 12th Avenue. Really nice school, you know, nice private school. My cousin Jen is the first grade teacher there. She was the longtime kindergarten teacher, and this year she started teaching first grade. So they have a trivia night every year, and that's their big fundraiser, and they go all out. Each team has to dress up in a certain theme. You don't just show up and do trivia. Each table has their own theme. So this this year we are doing, and I can't say the name over the air, but Hits Creek. If you know what I'm talking about, I can't say the actual word. I, it's it, it's really not FCC appropriate. Yes. But Hits Creek is what I'm going to say is what uh, is what the theme is, and I'm dressing up as David, so that'll be interesting. Uh, but with that, tonight's trivia is going to be really good, and I got to study up, even though I don't know what questions are being asked. They are so 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 hard. They are so hard. They spend the entire year basically coming up with the hardest trivia questions. How on earth would I actually know that answer? It's so random, but yet there is always going to be someone in the room that does know it. So that is what I'm doing tonight. Looking forward to that. Not Draco, though. Draco has to stay home. Well, the thing is, is on Hits Creek, it's not spelled the same way as the word you're trying to avoid. I know, but it's still the word, and I'm just not trying to test the FCC waters, okay? We're a small, privately, privately owned local business Last thing I need is to say something, and the FCC decides, hey, we're going to slap a $25,000 fine on you. It's that. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Didn't know it was that much. It, it, it can be that much. It, it's like they just come up with a number, and then they'll just apply it to you. And it really is unfortunate because, again, we are a small business. We are locally owned. We're family owned. And we're just, we're not, we're not some corporate. We are not corporate. We are locally owned. Whenever we have competitions, the winners are local. They have to be local. And so we try to keep everything in the house. We can't really afford to give up $25,000 just like that. I would rather apply that to other departments within the building, but the FCC they don't care about that. So they are. They, that's why we don't want to test the waters. The FCC is here for a good reason, by the way, to make sure we're be, behaving. Uh-huh. So I don't want to. I don't want to be the reason why we get fined. Yeah, you know, I remember a couple weeks back when you weren't here on the show, and I said, you know, bad A, and I was just like, and I, I, after I said, I was just like, can I say that? It's one of those things where you just don't want to test the waters. Yeah, you know, and I tested it. And I was just like, ah. So I texted David. I was just like, oh, hey, I said this. He's like, you're good. I was just like, okay, because I know we could say hell. Uh, what else can we say? Let's just like, not test it anymore. Okay. Just because I'm We're just like, going to say hell. Yeah. What the H-E double hockey sticks. I haven't yes. said that in a while. But anyways, Justin, we have a fun show coming up. We do need to take a timeout because coming up here soon, we have Chris Garagiola. He'll be joining us. In fact, he actually just texted me saying that he is here, so I'm going to go downstairs and let him in the building. He'll go ahead and join us. We have our mock drafts coming up, ready for that, as well as a whole bunch of other things uh, that are going on in the sports world, like the European Super League that is no more. What is the European Super League? We'll talk about that. And also, if college football were to decide to have their own Super League, What would that look like? No, it's not the SEC conference. We'll break that down. That's coming up here later on in the show on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. 
ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. You can catch us also on TV or on your computer screen by going over to YouTube. We are streaming on YouTube. Just follow us at ESPN Pensacola 1330. And you'll see in studio, we have the voice of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Chris Garagiola, joining us. Welcome to the program. Welcome in studio for the first time. Guys, nice to be working on weekends once again. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Well, baseball season's around the corner. How about that? I know you're going to be joining us to discuss the mock draft. You said you spent three hours on it, so I, I'm really excited to <laughs> hear what yours is. So that was prepared. in confidentiality, right? I was uh, no, to, man, we'll expose well, you. <laughs> look, it's all about show prep. We have to. You put right, you put right. a lot of time into your craft. I know you put a lot of time in getting ready for baseball games. How does it feel to, you know, baseball's around the corner. How does it feel to be back? It's a little weird. I, I mean, in, in, in the best way possible because. You, when you don't work for a year in terms of what you want to do, just trying to figure out everything again, that routine that you used to have, um, it, it's just odd. But, you know, it's a new new affiliation, so I do have some familiarity with, all right, how do you prepare, what questions you want to answer, stuff like that. But, you know, we also have all these protocols, and, and I understand why they're there, but, you know, Major League Baseball, they've got so much to sort of worry about at the top level that they've been a little sparse sometimes with the details. So I'll be calling my friends over in Montgomery, you know, Jacksonville, and say, hey, do you know what you're doing with this? And they're like, no, we haven't heard anything yet. So I think once we get started, it'll be as close to normal as, as it can be. But, but you know, we're we're a couple weeks out, and I still have some questions where it's like, hey, are, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do yeah. that? And everyone's well, just sort of like, I don't know. Well, see, it's something I always admired about you whenever you call into the show is, like, just the amount of knowledge and depth you went in detail on these players and how much you knew. I always like just listening and talking to you because you could just go on depth on probably every player. I wanted to ask, though, have you really even met or known or looked up any t- into any of these new players that are going to be having from the uh, Marlins uh franchise i've looked up a few yeah there's only a handful that i that i kind of know they're higher draft picks right and there's just more stuff that's written about them but it's it's still kind of unclear whether or not they'll be with us i only think that's the case but you got to get creative because typically it's like all right what they do last year where they play whatever you know but someone like jj blade i was like all right well like he was recently drafted. He hasn't played much. So I was like, all right, I'll try and schedule an interview with like Vanderbilt's head coach. Yeah, yeah, and I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll talk to him and I'll be like, hey, so, you know, what was he like? And of course, Vanderbilt's like number one team in the country. Yeah, they got kinda, two players. Kind of hard to get into that right now. So now it's like, I got to find his high school coach and maybe I'll find something out about that. <laughs> but just, like, he, was, story. he was like the top guy before. Like he was the top guy coming out of that year. I mean, from that team. And he, he went number two overall. Is that right? I think it was number JG four. I think, was, I think it was number four. Four, yeah. He was a top pick, though, for the Marlins. Right, yeah. This guy, first round pick, yep. outrageously talented. Vanderbilt itself, I mean, no surprise that they're number one again. Jack Leiter is just an unbelievable talent. That whole right. pitching staff, yeah, just cool. an unbelievable talent. It's like you have Jack Leiter, and it's like we're kind of forgetting all. Yeah, this is guy named Kumar, Kumar Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's uh, – I, I know for me, from the media standpoint, yesterday released what the media protocols are going to be. They, um, you know, we applied for credentials yesterday, so that's exciting, you know, to at least get back in that. But, you know, at least for right now, and it can change as we go by each month, but, you know, can't be in the tunnel uh, before and after games, can't be on the field before and after games. You know, we have, we're limited uh, what we can do even in the press box, we do social distancing, wear a mask if possible, do all those things that we have to do. I mean, for me personally, just getting back on the field is a good start. And I'll, I'll, we'll see where we are month by month. I do know that ma- minor league baseball or major league baseball, because minor league no longer has its own office, at least they're allowing the local cities to determine how far we can 
loosen our rules. Maybe we can be perfectly back to normal come into the season. We don't know, but at least we have the option to make that decision, not just Major League Baseball, throwing a blanket rule over over everybody. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is is serious buzz going into the home opener on May 11th. You know, we're expecting a pretty packed house. Um, It's like you said, it's in conjunction both with Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball has led a lot of those guidelines in terms of stadium capacity be dictated by whatever the local government is kind of deciding. And I, and I understand that and I respect that. So I, I, I'm hopeful, like you said, it, people have been doing such a good job about it as well, you know, trying to keep some distance, trying to be safe and things like that. They've said that every month we're going to evaluate kind of what the numbers are and, and, you know, same thing with players and staff. And if things continue to be moving in the direction that it's going in, they're going to they're gonna lift restrictions. Mm. I mean, that has kind of been an assurance that's given to us. Of course, if we don't see that progress, they won't do anything, and that's understandable as well. But, but yeah, like I said, on, on that Tuesday, I would not be surprised if we have close to a sellout there. You know, people have been calling. They want to know when they can get tickets, where they can sit, and all that. And I think it's partly because, you know, we're a place where people can come together again. You know, they can meet up. And it's a lot of fun, especially, you know, minus the wind and rain we're having today it's been gorgeous weather mm. you know for the most part it's mm. really comfortable to be outside so you go out you know have a couple brewskis with your friends and family get some food and take in a baseball game because we haven't been able to do that in so long you, you just realize how much you enjoy it yeah I'll be honest to go to a baseball game even sitting in the outfield just grab a, a brew and you know sit in those uh, those those, those chairs that yeah. are just you know, high tops. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to find the word. I was trying to find the word. Special the, chairs, right? Those chairs like, that, yeah, are, so that sit special, a little bit higher. You know? The bar stools. Yeah, so just to do that, not even sit in a regular seat, that's what I'm looking forward to most outside of being media and getting to enjoy that uh, luxury because it really is a luxury getting to do media stuff down there on the field because when I was a kid getting to see media members at Tampa Bay Rays games on the field interview players, I thought that was the coolest thing and I knew from a young age I'd do something like that. And now getting to do something like that, even at this level, is really cool because you never know which one of these guys are going to go on and become a hit. I remember uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. was he finished runner-up actually in the home run derby contest when the All-Star festivities were here, and I was ten feet I was ten feet away from him. He could have hit a foul ball and smacked me right in the face, and it would have been awesome. Yeah. So like, because <laughs> then I can look at what he's doing now and say I was right there. I was right there with that guy a couple of years ago. That was one of the first things I actually did as a media member was get to go cover that event. And I know we don't exactly get to do that now, but just to have it back, I'm, I'm just ready to go. I'm excited. Right, right. I think that the closest comparison would be, you know, people who work in, in hockey. I, I don't know much about what minor league hockey is like, but it, it, you don't get this in the NBA and the NFL, right? Because those guys, they're talked about so much in college, and then when they get drafted, it is pretty much that immediate leap towards the highest level, yeah. right? But here you have these highly, highly touted prospects coming out of high school or college and they're just grinding along. And when they get to this level, you know, because you talk about Ronald Acuna Jr., most of them don't have this attitude of like, well, I'm a, I'm a big deal. Like, I'm a big shot. Mm. And I think part of that's because of where you are geographically. I mean, it's, it's just different. I mean, when you're going from New York to Los Angeles to Chicago, San Francisco, right? They're just big metropolitan cities. And I understand that. Pensacola is great. Don't get me wrong. It's just not, not the same size as that. You know, this is definitely that sort of cozier, more of a town city feel. But I think it's also because they're around other guys where you just kind of know that they probably don't have the skill set. 
to make it to that highest level. So you never want to just kind of shove it in somebody's face. But it also, when you're playing 140 games a year, it's a, it's such a grind that you've got to bond with these guys. I mean, you're going to go to war each day for, you know, guys, six months, it feels like. And it's not easy. And I just remember so vividly, like when we were in Biloxi in 2019, right? We stopped, got to get lunch because we were about to start our series. Yeah, we stopped at just Chick-fil-A, right? It's easy. It's right off the highway. Right. Who doesn't love a chicken sandwich, okay? And Royce Lewis is sitting at a table by himself eating his lunch. And it's it's crowded, right? It's a Saturday afternoon, you know, probably kids just finished their soccer games in the morning. Mom's there driving exactly. them. Chick-fil-A is a perk spot for that. Absolutely slammed, that. okay? And he's just sitting at a table with all these bustling people walking by, and I'm just looking around like nobody has any idea. This guy was the first overall pick in the 2017 draft. You could not do that in the NFL yeah. Or the NBA. Like if Kyler Murray was just sitting at a table, how many people would be like, yo, that's Kyler Murray? Like, what? But he's just sitting there, just having his lunch, you know, signed like an almost $7 million signing bonus Mm -hmm. at what? Currently one of the top prospects in baseball. Correct. I mean, he's 19, 19, 20 years old. (laughs) I'm like, people have no idea. But that's who they are. They never act like that. They don't act like they're better than anyone else. It's just they're going about their business you know, it's another day. It's another game. That's a great thing about, you know, professional baseball. And, you know, I love college baseball, but so much rides on wins and losses. You can understand that, right? It's about a program and a coach, and their job relies on wins, whereas this is about turning these men into professional baseball players where it's like it doesn't really matter. Obviously, we want you to get a hit every time, but we want you to win. But you need to be so locked in mentally that when things aren't going your way, that it does not change your approach or your attitude. And that's where so many players get left behind because they'll go on a slump like 0 for 10, 0 for 15, and they're throwing helmets down the tunnel and breaking bats. And it's like, yeah, that ain't it. Like, that's just, you don't, you're never going to make it because it only gets harder and you have to be so stoic about the way that you go about the game. And honestly, the guys with with better skills and better tools, they kind of know that it's like, yeah, I'll turn it around. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you see it not even just you see it in college, you see it in you know minors, and you see it in majors. I mean, one guy for right now, in my opinion, uh, like I was watching him last night, Amir Garrett from the Reds. You know, he's been struggling like yeah, crazy. Former Blue Wahoo, yeah, former Blue Wahoo, and his ERA right now is like sixteen point something. You know, he had a good he had a good inning last night. He went three up, three down, but he's only had six appearances, and he's had I think seven walks, only six strikeouts in those seven appearances. And he's only pitched fo- like a full five innings, maybe. He's just he's just getting hit around like crazy. He's missing. He can't find his release point. You know, in the interview, it's just like these last outings are on me. And, you know, it's just like, but you know, it's a slump. But the thing that's so hard about it is that. You're put in this hot seat where it's every outing you now have. Because coming from a pitcher perspective, if you're ever in any sort of slump, two, three outings in a row, you feel like every outing is now very pressured. Yeah. I mean, it's it's harder as well because I just talked about, you know, the minor league, how winning doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then you get up. The, and, and what that causes sometimes is guys kind of looking out for their own stats because it's like, man, if I do well, like I get that call up. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to the next level. I'm, I'm one step closer to the big leagues. But then once you get to the big leagues, it's probably the first time since high school or college for these guys where it's like the only thing that matters is winning. And yeah, I mean, you got to do your job to help the team win. And that's what you're talking about with Amir Garrett. Like it's just not going the way that that he wants it to right now. But 
you know, hopefully in a situation like that for him, the coaching staff is like, okay, there is something mechanically that is not working. We can correct that. Mm-hmm. We can fix that. And, and that has nothing to do with attitude. It's like, well, your, your front shoulder's flying open or you're off balance when you're driving the plate. When that's not the issue, when it's like, well, your velo's down, you, guys are hitting you, you haven't yeah. really advanced well, any other pitches, like then, then it's that pressure that you're talking about. Then it's a problem because if you can't get past that, you're out of a job. That's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. And sometimes when you get in that, that point where it's, you're just getting hit or your velo is going down, guys tend to try and do more. They try and do extra. Yeah. I mean, this I, I know this as a pitcher. It's uh, Last night, you're going to see guys just try and overthrow the ball, and it causes them to throw across their body where they can't find the release point. And you'll see them missing like a lefty for perhaps like Amir Garrett. He's going to miss a lot inside to a righty just for the fact that he's trying to overthrow this yeah. ball and just get his velo to where it usually was. Things aren't the same, and it's not just something you're going to fix in one or two bullpens. It's something that is a process that you have to go in and fix. And really, just imagine those guys who are not signing that $7 million bonus, but they're Randy Dobnaks. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'll kind of go the opposite spectrum, where you come from being undrafted, you get that opportunity, but then you're a guy like Taylor Jelikowski. Both came from the same independent team. Uh, one guy ended up... You know, he flourished. He's now pitching in the majors, and he's he's a mainstay in that bullpen for the Minnesota Twins. And then I I hope that Jelikowski Jelly gets another professional opportunity. But he was released during the off season, and he struggled at the plate. And he was sort of that versatile infielder, right? You know, first base, catcher, third base, wherever you need him, that's where he was. But he struggled at the plate. And so there's that end where you're not making that much money as a minor leaguer unless you sign that. Right. signing bonus like Royce Lewis did, you know, number one overall pick, and he's doing really well in the minor league system. And then there's that guy who's making maybe 25. Uh, I don't think they do this anymore, but you had to play, you had to pay your locker room dues. Hmm. You know, you're not making that much money, but you're trying to get where you're trying to go. Yeah, and it's, it's hard because, and you look at it in different sports because you, I mean, how many times you hear a story like that and a player goes to his coach and like, well, I didn't feel like I got a fair shot, you know? Mm. I don't get as many opportunities. I think we've all heard the story where it's like, uh, you know, Cowboys player got released because he fell asleep in a meeting. <laughs> and he goes to the coach and he's like, well, what if Troy Bakeman fell asleep in a meeting? He said, well, I'd wake him up, yeah. right? Like, that's, yeah. just, that's just how the world works, and you got to figure it out. And so for guys like Jelikowski and, and Dobnak and the difference between the two, and I got to know them both, and I still I still talk to Jelikowski probably every, you know, once every couple of weeks. Yeah. But, when you have your limited opportunity, you have to produce. Mm-hmm. That is the law of the land for players like that when it costs very little money to sign you and it costs very little money to release you. Randy Dobnak, when he got his opportunity, basically instantly hit the ground running and he, he came from such a random school in West Virginia. Yeah, never heard of it. When he told when we were doing Ride in the West Pine. Virginia. There you go. West Virginia. The biggest school in West Virginia. No, I'm kidding. But it's, <laughs> you know, and they plays for the Utica Unicorns, right? You know, horn up, maybe. I don't know. That's their slogan. I mean, you usually just throw it around. I just make that up. I made that's that up. Right impressive, now, but I'll trademark know. it. All right. <laughs> he was so good at each level. I mean, he was like statistically top ten. And that's amongst like you know, the highly, highly touted prospects. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets you an opportunity to go to the big leagues. And he signed his contract. He's going to make a nice living now. And hopefully, hopefully he'll be able to stay in the big leagues long enough where he gets that pension. And and literally, you know, life will be set because you root for stories like that. Mm -hmm. But it's not like 
Oh, he had a cool handlebar mustache and was like a funny guy from West Virginia. He was and like he, he was literally Uber. the best at double A. He was one of the best at triple A to the point where and they look at all these different metrics, spin rate, loft, they could not say no. And when he when he got to the big leagues, it was not, well, you know, you're from a small school and this is the big show, figure it out. It was like, all right, kid, let's see it. Because we want you to fail. Because if you fail, it's easy for us to, to let you go. It's easy for us to fire you. And it's a win for us because if you don't fail, psh, pennies on the dollar. Yep. We've got a big leaguer on our team that costs virtually nothing. It's up to you. And he balled out and made it so. It was like, I mean, he started game three, I believe. Or oh, it might have been game two. It was a playoffs. It was a, against a, the Yankees. The division series. ALDS. Yep. That guy started. He was pitching for the Blue Wahoos and then was starting against the Yankees mm-hmm. in, in, in the most important game at that time of the season for the Twins. So he earned it, and you got to earn it. And it's, it's, it's tough. And um, it's kind of like the way with Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady, he, he's probably one of the best pictures when it comes to this. Yeah, Tom Brady went to Michigan. When he was in a big, he went into a big school. The guy was picked 199. His stats were not great. And he, he, he says it himself is that you have to take advantage of every opportunity you're given because you don't know when the next one will come. Quarterback goes out, Brady goes in. That's his moment because he doesn't know when the next one's coming. Yeah. And he took advantage of it, and then we see 21 years of just pure greatness. I mean, I, he tweeted the other day. Uh, I, was, I thought it was a funny tweet how it was like, oh, my career's not old enough to buy a beer. I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. I, there's not many people that can actually say that. Yeah. But it's you have to realize that – you have to have a self-awareness and have a real moment with yourself. Yeah, you should be proud of where you are. Yeah, you don't want to take that away from yourself. But you need to realize where you are on that level of your importance to this franchise to know what do I really need to do and what can I not do to make sure that I have a spot here, that I am insured, that I will get playing time and be a part of this franchise for a long term. You have to realize that with yourself or you're going to be set up for failure because you cannot just be proud that, hey, I made it to where I've always wanted to be. Now you have to finish the job. Well, I... I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm trying to think of a more modern day example. You know, with Tom Brady, I think when you look at, and I think it was either 2000, I think it was 2001, he comes in for Drew Bledsoe, gets hurt, Correct. right? Yeah. And, right. And, and all of that. But I think if you look at him in 2001, 2, and 3, if you were to compare every quarterback in the league at that time, I don't think anybody's putting Tom Brady's like, this is the best quarterback, right? Probably He's, not. They built around him really well. And he, where he deserves the credit is. He was so locked in, I think, when he wasn't playing, and he took every practice and every second string snap seriously, where it was like, the the moment is not too big for me when I come in. I just have to manage, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's some quarterbacks, and these are the ones that get paid. And ultimately, this is what Tom Brady became, where it was like, you know, my team will only go as far as I can, I can propel them. And then there's other quarterbacks where it's like, I just have to manage the game and not make mistakes. I have enough skills and and we're we have a good enough football team outside of the quarterback position where we can win. Now this was they didn't win, but I look at like Taylor Heineke for example when he I was came. In, looking up his name right exactly. now. <laughs> Heineke with the Washington Redskins, right? What impressed us so much was not like my God, this guy can throw the ball from end zone to end zone or the blazing speed. You know what I mean? He reminds me of yeah. a Lamar Jackson or a Colin Kaepernick. It's like he just came in there, he he went through his progressions, and he made the right decision. And and they put his team in a position, a not very good Washington football team, mind you, that finished seven and nine and was by sheer will put into the playoffs because they can't not bring a team from the NFC East in the playoffs. But 
that's what we were impressed by, and that's why they're giving this kid a chance to win the starting job. Exactly. It, it, it's just about it, making the most of that opportunity. And you can literally see I was typing in Washington football team. <laughs> I, was, I, was, yeah. I was actually typing in, he says you know, Taylor Heineken. A great like, example of, of a guy also who, you know, he played in the alternate leagues to try and get there. He did not go to a big school. He went to Old Dominion. He... He, he bounced around a couple of different NFL teams before he finally got a shot with the football team, the, the football team. That's their nickname for right now, which, by the way, it's funny that they actually might just keep it. I think they should embrace it. I like it. I, I like think it's, it. I think it's kind of suave when you go, oh, yeah. the professional football team from Washington's coming in town. It, like, it's all business. All right. And not, not every team needs a nickname. No. no. It just sort of is what we are always used to. But, I mean, we have the soccer teams mm-hmm. that have no nickname. Well, I guess they kind of do, but their professional name is like Manchester United. Right. That's it. And maybe they have a nickname that Devils, is internal. But, but, yeah. yeah it's, it's, See, I don't know soccer well enough to know that. I got you. I got Thank. you. Oh, we're going to talk about the Super League here in a little bit, too, oh, by the joy. way. I, I know. I bet you have some <laughs> thoughts about that. But yeah. we do have to take a break because yeah. we are so far over. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and get started on our NFL mock drafts. And coming up later in the program, we're going to also get into, like I mentioned, the European Super League and what would a Super League look like in college football because we certainly – have heard that discussion maybe once or twice in the past. We're going to get into all that coming up here in the show. This is Sports Call with Davison on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. This used to be one of my favorite songs dude, of all time. It literally that gets my juices flowing, banger. man. It, Absolute it, banger. Dude, uh, can't stop. If I was ever to be a pitcher again and I was getting called out from the bullpen, it'd be can't stop. Like, it just like it just gets you going. You, uh, well, I forget his name. Uh, the boxer, Vladimir uh, Kitsch, uh, Klitschko. I figure he. Klitschko, yeah. Yeah, Klitschko. Yeah, he right. had, like, his, his, walk, his walkout interests were like, he had a movie budget for him, basically. Because <laughs> he, he, he just went so deep into him, but his entrance song was Can't Stop. And it, it, I mean, it was like, it was electric. It really was. Like, he made boxing feel like WWE WrestleMania like, every time he went out, to the, went out to the ring. All right, so this is Sports Call with Davis and Justin. We have Chris Garagiola here with us. And we are now going to go ahead and get started on our NFL mock drafts. We're just going to cover the first round. And then when we're done, I'm going to just throw out a couple of names that I feel confident will go in the second round. But I'm not going to go all the way into the second round because that takes forever. And I don't know the teams and players well enough to be able to actually tell you what, uh, you know, why they would go there. So let's go ahead. Justin's got some music for us. Well, I'll start it off with my first five picks. This is the opening to the Sports Call NFL Mock Draft. I needed that. I really did. I, was I needed that. Sure we had that. I feel like I was uh, making sure we had it. Cleveland really is, by the way, the best place this draft could be because I think Cleveland would have so much fun with it. But I think obviously the first overall pick is a no-brainer, Trevor Lawrence, who is a generational quarterback. This guy, oh, yes. quarterbacks like him, don't come around often, and you know he's going to get number one overall when uh, Urban Meyer is basically like all but hugging him at the uh, at the at his pro day. Pretty much the only coach there that of recognition there were other scouts but no point there's really no point uh, they're gonna have the number one overall pick they're not trading it away and they're gonna take trevor lawrence that's an easy one zach wilson number two to the new york jets i think he is today the closest comparison to patrick mahomes 
the way he is able to just scramble, get out of the pocket, find the open receiver. He has tremendous arm strength. He's accurate. He's a fun quarterback to watch, and the Jets need a quarterback. Um, okay, so this one, the 49ers trading up to number three throws a kink in everybody's mock draft. But I think the 49ers were going to take Mac Jones wherever they were originally, and I think that Mac Jones is now going to be the number three overall quarterback. It doesn't feel right saying that out loud because I always mm-hmm. looked at him as like a late first-rounder, but I think the 49ers have plans to eventually move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac Jones, according to many, say that he is the perfect quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. Number four, who are the Atlanta Falcons going to take? Look, I think that the quarterback they have right now to Matt Ryan, he is still a playoff quarterback, yes. but he's old. He's aging. They have quarterbacks like Trey Lance hanging out. Justin Fields Uh-oh. is there. Uh-oh. However, I think that because they are going to stick with Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback, they need him to throw to somebody. And how on earth could Kyle Pitts mm. not be taking him there? It. Wow. Yeah. Edgy, edgy yeah. draft so far. So, your first five. Know, so man. number four is <laughs> really, Kyle really Pitts. Really out there by yourself. <laughs> uh, and number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. They've got to protect their quarterback. And the, the best oh. offensive lineman available would be Panay Sewell. So, number five. I thought he was going to go talk well. Tom McShay's draft, basically. Thank you, Mel Kuyper, honestly, yeah. with your picks. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, outstanding. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I, I try to make him a hey, – we're going to keep going down the line, and you're going to see I'm going to be probably way out there because it does get hard from there. But those are my top five. I got you. Are right, so you now or is it me? You go oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, I think that it's pretty obvious that they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. It's interesting because I watched the full Chris Sims segment when he was breaking down quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and he had, he had Trevor Lawrence as the second – best quarterback in this year's draft, okay? And I think that what he's talking about is specifically from a mechanics and and skill set standpoint, right? But there is a lot more that goes into what makes someone a quarterback. I, I don't think, and he, he was very clear about this as well, and I'll talk about this when we talk about the Jets, but there's, no, there's nothing, you're not wrong taking Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. That's what's going to happen, right? And I think, you know, whether or not you think he is or isn't the best quarterback, just the sheer amount of criticism and pressure that you'd be thrusting upon someone if you did not go with Trevor Lawrence. He is a proven winner at a big-time program. Uh, he's got all the physical attributes that you want in a quarterback, size, arm strength, right? Zach, Zach Wilson has those two. It is at a smaller school. Trevor Lawrence has played in more important, meaningful games, if that is something that we want to measure and value sort of in college programs and, and someone at BYU and Zach Wilson, just probably has not. You know, that's the reality of it. But I do think they are going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Um, like you said, it, it's all but a foregone conclusion. And I give credit to the New York Jets too because they are going to take Zach Wilson. Um, they said it pretty early on when everyone was like, Zach Wilson, who? BYU kid, not Justin Fields? What about Justin Fields? So uh, Wilson... And again, a lot of this is me just taking it from Chris Simpson. He can do it all, right? He can throw from the pocket. The mechanics are awesome. The arm strength, he's got like a Verlander heater, all right? He's got a Scherzer heater. It's not that he can throw 100. It's that every throw is close to 100, okay? The balls are accurate. It's like what you said about him being the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. We don't ever want to be like, guys, here's the next Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. because like, holy hot take. But everything is in place for him to succeed except for the fact that it's the New York Jets and they pump out bad season after bad season. That's just kind of what they do. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like they, the most success that they've had is this season with the Knicks. Let's be real. Exactly. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Number three, just for the sake of difference, I did not put Mac Jones, though I secretly think they're they're probably going to take Mac Jones. When you trade three first round picks to get to this spot in the draft, 
you have to be taking a quarterback. And from what I've just been hearing other pundits talk about, it seems like Mac Jones. But I put on my mock draft that they're going to take Justin Fields. And the reason is that when you look at Kyle Shanahan's offense, the way that it's built, one, it's, I think it's the most creative and it's the most dynamic of any offense in the NFL. I think he is just a mastermind when it comes to coming up with offensive schemes. And I think that Justin Fields is more dynamic than Mac Jones. And I think that if you can create an offense where almost any quarterback can slip in and be successful, why not take a chance on somebody that offers that sort of dynamicism that Fields has with the legs, the durability is there. He's got a football body. The mechanics are a little wonky, but I think that they're correctable. And so if you fix those things, you can't make Mac Jones the runner that Justin Fields is. You can't make him, I think, as durable and the ability to sort of shrug off pass rushers the way that Justin Fields can. So I, I would I would be surprised if they took Mac Jones, but I would be excited um, at number three. Number four, we've seen Atlanta when they saw Julio Jones available, what they gave up to get someone who is not just elite, but he is probably at the top. I mean, that's what they thought of Julio Jones when they took him. And I think Kyle Pitts has the chance. We talk about all these quarterbacks, and these are teams that have needs for quarterbacks. Kyle Pitts might be the best player in this draft, Mm. quite frankly, Mm -hmm. when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. If you were like, hey, this guy has a chance to be Travis Kelsey, literally any team right now would want a Travis Kelsey, and they don't have to trade up. They don't have to give up anything for that. So, you know, Arthur Smith, I think, is the head coach. Uh, You know, first year, it's, it's easy to want to get a quarterback to say, well, it's my guy, give me time, give me opportunity. But with but with Matt Ryan there, even if it doesn't work with Matt Ryan, I mean, how many fluky games did the Falcons lose last year where it's like, there's no yeah. way they're losing there's this. There's no yeah. way. They didn't. And they, it's like, un- they invented ways to lose. It was comical. I had to watch the Falcons to see how are they going to screw it up this year. Just so, like keep that stick around. They're 28 to three. Well, you know, <laughs> pain, pain. But I, I just think that with Kyle Pitts, right? Instantly makes your team better. He is, to me, as as sure of a sure thing that there is. And you know what? Look, if it doesn't work out for Atlanta, if they don't win, you still have a game changer on your roster making very little money. It's not going to hurt your salary cap in Kyle Pitts. And then you can go and find another quarterback. You are going to be taking the fourth best quarterback available when you could have arguably the best player. So I think that they have to go with Pitts. And then, like you said, Panay Sewell. I know that Joe Burrow loves Jamar Chase. He wants to get his boy back on that team. Joe Burrow was sacked 32 times mm. in less than a full season, and the 32nd sack basically shattered his ACL. Correct. So I don't care who your friends are, unless your best friend is an offensive lineman, you're not taking your best friend. You're taking the offensive lineman. Burrow has proven that he can do it. He, I loved watching him on a very bad Bengal team because he was just exciting. He, he really was. He, he kind of showed that he could do it you know, at the National Football League. And so now that you know that you have a proven commodity – now you have to protect that proven commodity. And so we'll see with other picks later in this draft, other quarterbacks, I think they should go receiver, but with him, it's got to be Penesuel. So really quick, before you go, Justin, uh, let's take a very quick timeout so that way we can sort of get back on track. We'll, uh, we'll remove some commercials to make it go a little faster than Justin will give his top five. But we are currently doing our mock drafts here on Sports Call Davis and Justin. We'll be back for Justin's top five on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. Here in about 20 seconds, we're going to take a very, very quick 
timeout. And that by quick, I mean 30 seconds, just so that way we can knock out our top of the hour ID. Those are things that we absolutely have to do. Then Justin is going to tee off his top five. But right now, just to recap, I already said Trevor Lawrence, Mac, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Panay Sewell are in my top five. Uh, Chris replaced Mac Jones with Justin Fields. That's actually a really intriguing one. I'd be very, it'd be very interesting if that's the direction they went. We'll see, and Justin will give his here in about 30 seconds. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Told you it was going to be really, really quick. Just wanted to knock out the things that we had to do. Now we're back on track. Justin, go. Well, uh, basically take everything that Chris just said. Let's just say, just said it as well. That's basically my top five. So Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, and then Panay Sewell. That is going to be my top five. But uh, I will say this. Kyle Pitts is probably my favorite pick when it comes to making a team into a contender when it comes to a good addition because just the fact of the matter that you have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and add a superb tight end prospect in Kyle Pitts, it'll be quite exciting. And I would love to see what they can get as a running back because if they can just add another running back, it's really solid. You know, Todd Gurley was not really the greatest. Really wasn't. I mean, he just made, in my opinion, like he, he could have a good game, but it just wasn't a, he just didn't make good plays in my opinion. So if they could find another running back, that's what they really need. Let me ask you this real quick. If, if Jimmy G could stay healthy, like mm-hmm. on the football field, do you think the Niners could win with him? I, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because I mean, when you think about so. it, I want you to think about this real quick. The seasons that Jimmy G has been completely healthy, successful. He's won games. He's successful. He's won football games. And that's the thing. I, I'm in a total agreement with you. I just think that if they hadn't shipped out those three first-round picks, you could see the Niners the, take Kyle Pitts. But, and you know a, what I mean? Because and, that would make that team. I, and it's like, well, what about Kittle? Well, yeah, George Kittle, though. Okay, but what about two-star tight ends? Like George Kittle's just fine. I mean, the New England Patriots ran a two tight end set with a couple of studs, and it basically resulted in them getting to an AFC championship game for like, what, eight straight years? Yep. Um, I will say this, though, is I knock on the Jets. It's like, if you want to go get a quarterback still, why not tank those games? Like, what Like what was it? Like, seriously, <laughs> like, why would you well, give up Trevor Lawrence if you really, really, really wanted that quarterback spot so bad? I think Justin Fields could be a really interesting pick going number three because then what I think that could lead to is Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded. Many people saying the Patriots. So imagine if he goes to the Patriots – and then they receive Cam Newton as a result, and then Justin Fields and Cam Newton work together. Well, well that's something to think about if that's, if that's the direction they go because it's hard to believe they draft a quarterback at third and they don't move Jimmy G. But let's go ahead and move on picks 6 through 10. The number 6 pick is owned by, by the Miami Dolphins, and I think that they want to have somebody Tua can throw to, and why not have it be one of his teammates? I have Devontae Smith going uh, to be the sixth overall pick. I was actually really between him and Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle's also awesome. Waddle's but, a big one I'll throw up there. But, and, but um, Smith, Smith stayed healthy. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. I just think they want to give him an Alabama receiver to throw to, and that's Devontae Smith. Number seven is owned by I, the I just Lions. Want to, it's owned by the Lions. I think the Lions also are going to go with the receiver route. They have a new quarterback um, out of Jared Goff, and I have Jamar Chase going to the Detroit Lions. Another one where I was thinking, okay, maybe Jalen Waddle, but then I was looking at Jamar Chase, and 
Ah, man, to have one of the top players in the draft not go at least number seven, what I thought was hard to pass up. I, I have uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, number, or, uh, sorry, uh, Jamar Chase. Number eight is owned by the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. Now, Which, this one was been, a tough one. There's been talks, and it's some people think they, they might trade up for Carolina's spot to get that third pick and get a quarterback. I don't really see it right now. I think Teddy Bridgewater can really still do some work, in my opinion. And they also, and you also just got Sam Darnold. Correct. They took out so, Sam Darnold. And then you still haven't – you didn't get a full season with Christian McCaffrey last year as well. I think go get a weapon or go get something on defense right now if you're Carolina. Well, for me, I uh, I was thinking defense, and I thought Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Thinking, I you know, Imagine have a guy who – you know, remember, remember when they lost Luke Keekley? Like, they have not replaced him. No, they haven't. And but Parsons, I don't know if he's quite Luke Keekley, but you never know. Put him on the field. This guy could be dynamic. They have been missing that defensive element ever since he left, and I think they're trying to replace that. They're trying to get that back because they were a Super Bowl contending team with him on the defense. So uh, if, I think they're trying to get that back. And that's why I think Micah Parsons, I'm not going quarterback here. I think they traded for their quarterback. I, I still have some faith in Sam Darnold, by the way, because Adam Gase is a garbage co- coach. So I'm going to go I, that far I will and say, say this, that. Though, and I want to ask you this. Micah Parsons, is my, in my opinion, is my favorite defensive def, defensive prospect. He might not even be the, the top linebacker prospect in, my, in some people's opinions, but he's my favorite. The guy ran a 4-3-9. Let's, first of all, let's remember that. Second of all, the dude is a force to be reckoned with. And ever since that Memphis New Year's Six Bowl game that he had, an absolute just – I mean, he's, he's yeah. been everywhere. I mean, and uh, COVID did play a little bit. He didn't have a, as much of an effect as last season. But the guy is still, I believe, too – I can't remember his, his, how, how big he is, but I think he's, I think he's around 230, 240. And he's, he can run a 4-3-9. That, that, it, it just screams like a, a, a nightmare. But I do want to ask you this. That's a secondary need for Carolina. Their top needs corner. Why not Patrick Sertan out of Alabama? I, well, actually, I'm about to announce Patrick Sertan's name. I, I think that they are going back to like what I just said. They want to fill that void mm-hmm. in having someone who can dominate the middle of the field, who can put, be that patrol guy. And I think that uh, Micah Parsons, pro, at least in terms of who's available and with the seventh overall pick to have or eighth overall pick rather to have him there I, I think that's a good get for them now if they go Patrick Sertan solid pickup but to move on to because uh, the Cowboys have the 10th overall pick number nine is a really interesting one with the Denver Broncos because I have not uh, said Trey Lance or Justin Fields yet and their their team president uh, uh, out of uh, John Elway you know, I don't know how much faith he has in their current quarterback situation with Drew Locke. So what what direction do you go? Do you decide to try and give a weapon for Drew Locke to throw to? Do you want to build the offensive line and protect Drew Locke because you do have faith in him? Or do you want to focus on defense and maybe go at it a little later? Or are you just ready to go ahead and get him out of there and put in the future? I don't actually, I don't think they're ready to put in the future just yet. Instead, I think they're going to try and protect him and they're going to get Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. That's a, that's I'm, a great I'm picks. going. I'm going offensive line. I think that they're going to try and bulk that up a little bit. They they did struggle there. They do need that. And their their offensive line was really put to the test when they were, had no quarterbacks and they had to result to a practice squad wide receiver who Keep had running. limited quarterbacking experience from college. Yeah. And that, so I think that they're going to try and build that up 
And hey, props to them for even having to go through that and then wrap it all up because I mentioned Patrick. You guys mentioned Patrick Sertan. I think he is a lock to go to the Dallas Cowboys. A lock to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I will say this, though. Um, Drew Locke, I, you know, I had the chance to interview him you know, back when he played in the Senior Bowl. You know, really great guy. Good guy. And, and I thought he had a great mentality going into the league. And it just hasn't been there. I will say this, you know, having Jerry Judy and then also Noah, Noah Font, those are a couple good hands that, you know, they're young, but they're still very good and, have, and they give good speed for their positions. You figured there'd be more out of them. I don't really ever looked. I never looked at Drew Locke as a significant quarterback in the in the end in, when he played in college football. You know, he had great size. He had a great arm. It's just whenever it came to winning games in good situations, he I, don't, I just never thought it was there. I, so you know, I, I, it kind of goes back to the NFL of you need to focus more on what these guys actually do in real game situations and then how they're built and what their size is and how tall they are and what their weight is. Yeah, that's your perfect quarterback in the making. You know, we all want that Tom Brady size. You know, we all want that guy. But the thing is, at the end of the day, it's about how they play the game, not about how they look going into the game because Drew Locke, he just can't play the game. He cannot be a quarterback in this game because he's just not good enough. What do you think, Chris? Okay, going with your now 6 through 10 picks. And the Broncos are going to be... Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll sort of get to that, and I'll I'll try and keep this brief. The Dolphins, I'm kind of with you as well. And I think this is the similar logic I have with the Dolphins at six and the Panthers at eight, okay? You've got Tua, it would appear, as the starting quarterback coming out of camp. You don't know if he can cut it. Like, there were some flashes, and maybe he was rushed back to injury, and there were some sort of rumors that, well, they dumbed down the playbook a little bit because they didn't want to just throw everything at him at once. Okay, you need to find out if your quarterback can cut it in this league. And so I think that they're going to draft a receiver. I went with Jamar Chase. I know that there's some variance at the top. They're all excellent wide receivers, especially those top three, the two guys from Alabama. And I'm going to get to them soon. Don't worry. But I had him taking Jamar Chase because it's like, look, here's a legitimate weapon. And you've got him. You've got Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. Like, you'll have some guys to throw the football to, and we're going to, we're going to find out whether or not you can do it. Because if you can't, then we're going to move on next year. Yeah. That's where the Dolphins are at right now. Detroit Lions... It's a little bit different. I had them taking Rashawn Slater in that pick because Jared Goff, it's a situation, you know, he's going back, he's working uh, with a coach that he's worked with before, Brad Holmes. I think that he believes in him, and I think that Holmes is like, well, I know he can do it at this level, so we just need to protect him. And and Rashawn Slater, excuse me, Rashawn Slater, I don't think you can go wrong with that pick, right? Second best lineman in in the draft there. The Panthers, I have them going with Jalen Waddell. Same thing, right? You're trading for Sam Darnold. In Sam Darnold's case, I think the problem in New York was Adam Gase was overwhelmed, I think. Fellas, who was who was the best, who was the leading receiver for the Jets last year? I don't know. No idea. Um, no idea. I was about to say uh, Robbie Anderson, but he plays for Carolina now. Top, top two? No? No. Exactly. That's exactly my point. It's Jameson Crowder, by the way, he finished with under 700. Oh, yeah, that receiving. makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I forgot he played for them. Exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and it's 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 just not a lot of weapons. So give Sam Darnold a weapon. I think he's going to be the starter over Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I like Teddy Bridgewater, too. I kind of didn't like the trade because I thought Bridgewater could succeed. But, hey, that's the decision they made. So they want to see whether or not it was a fluke with Sam Darnold or if he's just not good enough. The Denver Broncos at nine. Here is a list of the guys who've started for the Broncos since Peyton Manning retired after winning their Super Bowl. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, 
Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Ripien. Wow. Uh, some of those names I completely forgot about. Brock Osweiler. So yeah, man. I don't he think the steal of a century. <laughs> I don't think you can go any other position than quarterback because every guy we just listed is essentially a backup. Mm. Like you can't be building uh, unless you really feel like and and in my mock draft Mac Jones has not been taken and and Trey Lance. My fear with Mac Jones and why I think he could potentially fall, again, I, I think he's going to go three. But in my mock draft, the reason why he's falling is kind of the Tua syndrome where it's like Alabama is essentially the best professional college football team right <laughs> in the country. It's a system. It's a well-oiled machine. And I think that people have this feeling that, well, you could plug any quarterback in and they're going to succeed. Whether that's fair or not, I think that's a perception that that program has produced because Nick Saban is such an incredible recruiter and his staff does an incredible job each and every week. Okay? So... And I'm going to get to Mac Jones a little bit later. But that's why I see them maybe going with Trey Lance. The Dallas Cowboys, like you said, Patrick Sertain. The Dallas Cowboys were almost historically bad. Now, you could say it's COVID-ridden year, and I think that's we'll look back on that historically and say this was a really weird year. Guys didn't have time to prepare. There were no mini camps and stuff like that. But in a normal season, the Dallas Cowboys would still have ranked in the bottom 10 in the league in almost every significant statistical category defensively. That's how bad they were. So taking Patrick Sertain the second, that guy's going to start week one. He will instantly make your defense better, and he will be there. I think he'll complement nicely with uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, uh, Jalen Smith. Mm. So, so just having having that to sort of shore up things defensively, because it looked like offensively things were going actually pretty well with Dak Prescott under quarterback. I don't want to start a debate there, but at least it, they look competent offensively. It's time to address in the first round defensive issues that the Cowboys had. All right. It's like cause I hate going after y'all because we're still in the top ten. You, so like, you go, you go eleven through fifteen. Then we'll snake it back. All right. We'll <laughs> oh, no, it's like uh, I'm just I'm just gonna do my my five through ten. It's because uh, we all have very similar drafts because we're still within the top ten. You know, the top ten. Yeah. It's very easy to predict. And I will say this going forward, the Dolphins. I do have um, Jamar Chase, and then for the Lions, I'm going Devonte Smith, and then for eight. <laughs> I was stuck in between it, but I'm still going to go Patrick Sertan. I would like to go Trey Lance with the Broncos. And then for the Cowboys, give me one second. I was looking at J.C. Horn. I mean, I'm picking off uh, Todd McShay's draft, but yeah, J.C. Horn. To go to the Broncos? To the, no, no, to or, the uh, to the Cowboys. If Sertan's okay. off the board, I like, I like the Horn. But I, again, I it's too. kind of addressing that defensive issue that we talked about, but... We'll, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. I'd be, I would be surprised if Carolina went defense there. But, dude, it's amazing how when it, you look at all these mock drafts and everyone's kind of consistent, and then who knows? Someone will trade for the fifth pick, and we'll just be like, all right, throw it out the window. Like, mm-hmm. who knows who'd be available? It, you know, it really is interesting because you look at some of these picks. Okay, well, if they don't go – like, I know you were asking, like, Mike Parsons, like, if they don't go Parsons, they could easily focus on defensive backs. And you mentioned Patrick Sertan. Uh, certainly, uh, he's hands down – one of the best defensive players in this draft. They even they showed a picture of him just a couple of weeks ago at his uh, at his pro day, just ripped from head to toe, looking like he's an NFL ready player. And his dad was an NFL football player too, I believe. The guy runs uh, a four three nine. I just want to keep reiterating that. Like the guy looks like, like that running. He a will chase you down. He, like will he, ch- he, he he literally has pretty much the exact same speed as Terry McLaurin. And <laughs> I'm just like, look, oh, Terry, like come on. That's it's, it's not right. I do want to go back to the Broncos real quick. The reason why I also think offensive tackle is that if Drew Locke 
done go up this year in a bad way, then I don't think anyone's really surprised by that. You have Slater already on the offensive line with a year's worth of experience then you can get your quarterback next year. But John Elway also, he's not trying to fool around when it comes to that position. That's a position that he does not uh, take lightly. But also, last time they were really struggling at the quarterback position before Peyton Manning, they went and got Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. They had Tebow before that. He wasn't loving him. And although I'm very biased when it comes to Tim Tebow, I think clearly, yeah, they upgraded. They went to a proven veteran quarterback. But ever since then, when it comes to quarterbacks that they have drafted, that have won playoff games... Tebow is the guy that sits alone on top. And then fortunately, that's not saying much. Remember, they did not draft John Elway. The Baltimore Colts did. And then that day, he was traded. A little Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers situation there. So that uh, is something that occurred there. The Broncos, historically, are not good when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see if this, this year is anything different. But we're going to take another timeout. When we come back, picks 11 through 15 here on the Sports Call NFL mock draft featuring Chris Garagiola from the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. This is Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. This is Sports Call Davis and Justin. We have Chris Garagiola of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos here in studio with us, and we are breaking down our NFL mock drafts. And I, I have it all written down, so I'm not erasing this until Thursday when we actually have the first round of the NFL draft. By the way, you can catch coverage of the first round right here on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM, the radio coverage live from Cleveland, Ohio. So the next pick, number 11, is owned by the New York Giants. This one was actually a tricky one for me because I still think they have a lot of faith in Daniel Jones. I feel like we're always starting at the quarterback position, but I, I think they still have a lot of faith in Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Don't And obviously they're running back position is pretty well covered so I was teetering on okay if they have enough faith in Daniel Jones and they have to score points obviously and they have uh they'll have um uh, oh my god I'm blanking on who the running back is why am I Saquon, Saquon Barkley, Barkley. Yeah. uh when you have a healthy Saquon Barkley coming back hopefully uh ho- hopefully a healthy uh Saquon Barkley coming back you know who are you going to throw to? I think they need receivers, and I do think that they are going to take a receiver. At number 11, I have Jalen Waddle going to the New York Giants, and he is a big-time playmaker, and uh, uh, my heart goes out to him, the fact that he even made a few appearances in the national championship game with a bum leg, uh, and there were a ton of professional players taking to Twitter saying, get off the field, don't play in this game, you have a bright future ahead of you, don't ruin it by playing in this one game. And he didn't play that much, but when he did play, it was effective. And imagine him being healthy back in the game. Imagine him healthy all year long with Alabama. Like, he'd be competing for that Heisman Trophy, too, with Devontae Smith. And I think his injury won Devontae Smith the Heisman Trophy. Uh, And that's really not – I'm not trying to take anything away from Devontae. Extremely talented. I already have him going sixth, but I do have Jalen Waddell going number 11 to the Giants. Number 12 is owned by the Philadelphia Eagles, another one where I was – Really teetering. I feel like these NFL East teams are uh, they're they're tricky to pick for. Uh, I don't think they're going quarterback because I think Jalen Hurts, although they haven't technically committed to him as being their number one guy, I think he is going to be their number one guy. So who do you have uh, uh, with that twelfth overall pick? 
uh, uh, for me, it was uh, Jeremiah. Uh, he's okay. My I need my computer to look. Jeremiah Awuzu Koromoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a very solid pick for them to go on the uh, the defensive line route, and you know, we'll, we'll see what that ends up proving for them. Have some defensive help. Uh, I think they're going to build on their offense no matter what in this draft, but at least in the first round, I think to or inside linebacker rather uh, to, to try and build on the defensive side of the things is a good start for the Eagles. My buddy George, who's from Philly and is a diehard Eagles fan, probably uh, he would probably say a wide receiver. I, I know he did say that to me in the past. I, I think he would probably see a wide receiver going, but at least for this one, uh, not so much the case. At number 13, uh, it is owned by the Chargers. The Chargers obviously don't need a quarterback. They have a, they have a really, really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's just not a direction they're going. I actually think they're going to build on their defense and go J.C. Horn. I have J.C. Horn going over there. Number 14 is owned by the Minnesota Vikings. They do need to think seriously about the quarterback of their future, but they don't need to do it in the first round. I think they're going to focus on that perhaps in the third round. Uh, but in the meantime, Caleb Farley, keep it on defense. Um, I'm gonna, I have Caleb Farley going number 14. And then number 15 is owned by the New England Patriots. I do think they're going to go Justin Fields here. Okay. I think that Justin Fields, to me, compares most to uh, Cam Newton. I, those two have a lot of the same traits. Their throwing motions are, in my opinion, sort of the same. I, 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 I see. I think I see it in your face. After you a stellar season from Cam Newton in a Patriots uniform, oh, the Patriots was... want to draft the next Cam. Oh yeah, oh, it's like uh, a it's, good, it's a, young, healthy I, Cam Newton. I, hey, come on, yeah, come I know, no, Cam I feel, Newton, I feel former you. MVP, led a team you. to a Super Bowl, right. did not win. Okay, I, I do think that the uh, the Patriots are going to go Justin Fields. Uh, up to this point, okay. but if I know y'all, you already had Justin Fields off your board. They, they'll go quarterback regardless. But right. in this in this case, Justin Fields. Notice I've already done my fifteenth pick. I have not said Trey Lance yet. You have not I've not said Trey Lance, Lance yet. But Justin Fields goes fifteen. Have I said? I have said Trey Lance. Yeah, I said Trey Lance. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to Broncos. the Broncos. Yep. To the Broncos. Yeah. All right. So those are my that's that's my uh, eleven through fifteen. Real quick, Jalen Waddle, Jeremiah Awuza Kamara, J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, and Justin Fields. Ooh. I just found another pick. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you you want to go? You want me in? No, you got it. You got all right, it. All right. Uh, so again, uh, uh, in my in my scenario of this mock draft, it is because uh, Mac Jones is falling. My only trade in this draft occurs now. I, I, Dave Gettleman, uh, the GM for the New York Giants, has been saying now for a couple of weeks he's not afraid to trade down. Uh, but I think his exact quote is, "I just don't want to get fleeced." I think they make a deal here with the Patriots. I think if Mac Jones is on the board at 11, you're going to see the Patriots trade with the Giants to get Mac Jones. Uh, it's a quarterback going from a system that, I, as I talked about, is as professional as it gets, I think, at the collegiate level, going to the most professional atmosphere in the New England Patriots. So you're saying a, a trade will happen. Yeah. I have I have the Patriots trading up to 11 with the Giants to hmm. draft Mac Jones if he's, if he's on the board, okay? Very- I think... Very similar to Todd McShay's draft of Justin Fields that was picked. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, and I, again, it's uh, it's very likely that that Mac Jones will go three. I think that's who the Niners want. But I just think that Fields, if you if you clean up some of the stuff that's there mechanics wise, he's a more dynamic pick. But again, in my universe, this is kind of how I saw things going. Um, at at twelve, this is probably the only time I'm breaking my word because it's you know if you have a young quarterback, you want to see if they can cut it, give him some weapons here. Um, and Jalen Hurts, it's a big question mark, right? Joe Flacco's the backup, and there's not a question mark. It's just a big X. Yes. Yeah. But 
I have them going J.C. Horn just because I think a high-flying Philly defense right there, if he's on the board, J.C. Horn, it's it's just it's too much talent to pass up on uh, at that point. So, uh, like the Cowboys, they were really bad defensively. Um, and I think you can get other good wide receivers in the second round. Maybe I'll even talk about that when you kind of just give a snippet of the second round. But I have them taking J.C. Horn. The Chargers, Christian Derrishaw, to me, is just too good of a pick to pass up. If you have Justin Herbert, he kind of like Burrow was flustered a lot, hurried, chased out of the pocket, not given a lot of ample protection. And I think I, I would prefer that they sign a good lineman in free agency, but uh, just because we're so close to the draft. I think that I don't think you'll see the Chargers pass up on on Christian Derrishaw, right? You anchor that side of the line with a guy like Justin Herbert. That's going to really position the Chargers to, to be a winning football team in that division, mm. uh, I think, for quite a few years to try and compete with Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders and all that. Um, at 14, man, tough, right? It's tough. I just – there's something about the Vikings when they've got a big, burly defensive line, good pass rush. Like, remember the Jared Allen days? I mean, yeah. that yes. was just a balling football team. And I have not seen – a really solid pass rush. So I actually have them taking Jalen Phillips from the U here. He's the best pass rusher, I think, available yeah, at that you, point. That's a, that's the thing. I've been looking at the edge rushers a lot, and it's the thing is they don't have any that pop off the board like we did last year. It's uh, We have we have some great linebackers. We have some good corners. But when it comes to defense, we're, we're more on a low, ca- yeah. low category year this year. And offense is really popping off the charts from the O-line to the quarterbacks and then also the receivers. The running backs, it's not so much. We're going to see running backs be taken late in the in the first round and a lot through the second round, kind of like last year. We only had one running back taken. That was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the last pick of that first round. And I think you're seeing an emphasis on defense from the Vikings, right? They just signed Patrick Peterson. I, I know – I don't want to say he's a shell of his former self, but he's clearly not the Pro Bowl-level quarterback yeah. that he was. Yep. from Arizona, big Cardinals fan. Just kind of saw that decline the last couple of seasons. But I think if you get a good pass rush, you can still get the best out of Patrick Peterson, right? But when a quarterback has time – especially against some of these elite receivers. That's where he can get exposed a little bit. So I have Jalen Phillips going at 14 and then 15 because they traded back. Saquon Barkley's coming back, but I still think that they could upgrade the wide receiver position. And in my mock draft, Devontae Smith is on the board for Alabama. And if you think Daniel Jones is your guy, which I do not, but if you do, you might as well try and put him in the best position to succeed. And so I think having elite playmakers like a Saquon Barkley and then having Devontae Smith is going to really tell you whether or not Daniel Jones is good enough. Old Danny Dimes, can he do it? So I have them taking the receiver from Alabama. Okay, so I like your your, your trade idea, and I do. It's, it's good. I don't know if I really want to incorporate that in my draft. I know what I would do for it. If I were, I'd, I would have gone Mac Jones as well. And then with the 15th pick, I would have t- they would have taken Jeremiah Owusu Kevamura. Gotcha. Um, but I'm going to leave him at the 11, and I'm going to have them taking Rashawn Slater. Okay, uh, they need that like for Daniel Jones to really incorporate himself as the quarterback that he is. We need the protection. That totally he, fair. Yeah, totally yeah. fair. Yeah, we need it. Um, so I keep saying we. I'm by no means anywhere near Giants fan. I'm a Patriots fan, so the fact that I said we <laughs> like, to that makes me like want to we sacrilegious, <laughs> my friend. Oh, I, was like, my. The, I don't. I don't even think I know a Giants fan in this world. Like I don't know any. I'm not. I'm not a personal fan of any Giants fan. <laughs> They've won two Super Bowls in recent history. If you're a Giants fan, call eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. We'll let you say your name on the air, and then we're gonna hang up on you. But that's it. Like, all right. Well, Anyways, now I know one. Yeah, we know one. Anyways, so and then the Philadelphia Eagles. 
they're going to take Micah Parsons. And like I said, I know I told you, um, if the Giants had made that trade, I would have had um, Kuramura, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, even going to the 15th pick. Uh, but the Eagles, they're going to be taking Micah Parsons. And then for the Los Angeles Chargers, I'm going Jalen Waddle. This guy, you put him with Justin Herbert, it's it's that, magic right now. Now, if, if he were to be available, that would be an awesome pick. Yes, that's like, the thing. That's, he, he, I feel like if the teams follow their needs, which the Eagles, I feel like they, they're going to hit with a linebacker. And then also with you know, the Patriots, they're not looking for a receiver if they do trade up for it. The Giants, they're more focused on their O-line or their defense. And then you have the Dallas and you have Carolina. They're more focused on their corners and their defensive side of things. And you have Denver, who is, you know, who knows what they're going to go after. It's just not going to be a receiver. And then we know the rest. We have Miami and Detroit. Yeah, they need a receiver, but they're going to go grab the, the two best ones of Devontae and Jamar. So that's what they're going to see there. So that's why I have Jalen Waddle going to the Los Angeles Chargers, and it'd be a beautiful pick if you ask me. Now, for the Minnesota Vikings, we need – I keep saying we. I'm sorry. They need another old lineman, and I'm going to take a center in Mr. Landon Dickerson. That – Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson going that early is an interesting. But the thing is, I don't even know if I have him in my first round. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't think many people have in their first round. But I, I still, you never I, know. I appreciate you these surprises all well, that, the time. I appreciate the pick. I really well, that's do. The thing is that He's probably the best center available when it comes to O line. O line gets thrown around the draft so much. It's it, it also depends on the draft. Unless you just have someone like Eric Fisher, who just like pop off the chart. Yeah, first rounder. Yeah, you know, right, right. like that. But you know they get thrown around so much. I remember uh, Jawan Taylor. You know, from the Florida, he was, I think, what a top three O lineman, and he didn't go to the second round back in the in the uh, 2018 2019 draft. You know, so this these are, this is what a draft really is. Um, so Landon Dickerson, I like that pick for him a lot, and so I haven't said Mac Jones, and with the Patriots 15th pick, which I would love if this happens, it won't happen though. I would love to have Mr. Mac Jones on my team. So who, wait, so who do you have going for 15? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. You do have Mac Jones. Naturally falling, no trade. Okay. Yeah. And okay, so that's that's. No. But going quarterback, regardless, is what yes, we're thinking. Yes, yes, of so, course. Okay, because I, I have Justin Fields, you Mac Jones. I want to throw this out here. You and Mac Jones. So me and my brothers and my my dad, we we have a group chat. We're big Patriot Patriot fans. We love them. Um, we have um, we saw a picture and it was like a, a picture of someone's file who's in the front office. And peeping out the bottom of, bottom of it, and it, this has to be fake. I, I don't know if it's real. Patriots trade for Jordan Love for so the Packers can trade up. Patriots go to the 19th pick and then also take the Packers' fourth rounder and then also receive Jordan Love. I hate it because I just do not want anything to do with Jordan Love. I get it. He was a top 10 pick last year. It's not there, in my opinion. But also, here's the thing. They don't need him because you literally just went to the NFC you know, championship with Aaron Rodgers. You don't need another quarterback. And trust me, the quarterback that you need will not be Jordan Love. So we just got through picks 1 through 15 coming up. We still have 16 through 32 to go through. We're going to take a timeout with picks 16 through 20. I have some big names in those picks. We're going to get into those. That's next on Sports Call Davis and Justin, along with Chris Garagiola of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. <laughs> 
ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. This is Sports Call with Davis and Justin. And joining us in the studio, the voice of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Chris Garagiola, as we are breaking down our annual NFL draft mock drafts. And we are now getting into pick number 16, owned by the Arizona Cardinals. Chris, I know you're a big Arizona Cardinals fan. You're from Arizona. So this one hits home for you. I can't wait to hear yours. And I definitely want to get your thoughts on my pick right here because they do have J.J. Watt. Now on that defensive line, and I think they're going to continue to build on that defensive line by picking Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Currently, uh, according to ESPN.com, they have Quiddy Pay, their top defensive end that you could draft, 18th overall. They grade him at a 91. That's a grade they give him. But I think to have him on the opposite end of that defensive line with J.J. Watt, could make for a lot of fun. Kind of like what Houston used to have when they had uh, Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt on the same line. Now no one's really wanting to touch Houston at the moment. But Pay going 16 to the Arizona Cardinals to me makes the most sense in the world to continue to build up on that defensive line. Following that, the Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, fine you for that back in Las Vegas. I know. Like, you might as well put like a, a tip jar in here, put a dollar in. All right, so number 17, Oakland Raiders, their quarterback situation is a little weird because Derek Carr has played really well, and he's also played really bad. And Marcus Mariota is the backup. The The playing time he had last year, he actually played really well, and they re-signed him to another year. So I think that they're good at their quarterback position right now because if Derek Carr doesn't do well, I think they feel good with Mariota coming back. So they're not going quarterback. And instead... They have, uh, I have them taking uh, Trayvon Morig, Morig, I think is how you uh, say his uh, last name. He's out of TCU. TCU. He's a safety, build up that uh, defensive uh, back, and uh, I I think they're just going to focus more on the defensive side of the ball. Almost had them going, uh, almost had them going in the receiver direction. I decided, no, I think they're going to focus more on defense. Uh, Number 18. Number 18 is currently owned by the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins have a couple first-round picks, and I think I had them go in receiver. This time I'm switching back over to defense where I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, defensive lineman. Uh, Try and build that up. Number 19, that is owned by the Washington football team. We have a very interesting scenario here because, you know, Taylor uh, Heineke played really well in the time that he was there. Alex Smith was released. He just announced that he's retiring. Of course, they are uh, long gone uh, from their former first-round quarterback they used to have out of um, Ohio State. Uh, out of Ohio State. In fact, this is how forgettable he is. I, I'm actually blanking on his name too. Um, we'll see what his future has in store. But uh, no, I Cardell, I, no, not Cardell. Cardell Jones. That's, that's another failed Ohio State Saber. prospect. <laughs> he did, he could not make it in the. Uh, he was in the XFL. Yeah, he was an XFL guy. But no, I have Washington going Trey Lance. I have Washington going Trey Lance. I do think that. There's that big question mark. Taylor Heineke is certainly competing for the starting job, and he still would, even if they took a quarterback. I think that they're going to go Trey Lance. If he's still on the board at this time, they're going to go that direction. Now, another team that could use a quarterback that I think will go quarterback in the second or third round, uh, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears with the 20th overall pick. I have them going running back. Najee Harris Mm. at the running back position. 
I, I do think that the quarterback position is certainly going to be a, a focus in the first three rounds for them, but they're not going to go that route, especially if all the top quarterbacks up to this point have been taken. They're going to try instead try and see if they can b- build up on that backfield. Najee Harris, who would still be on my board, I think many people's boards, would be a really solid steal. I don't know, Najee, man. man. Najee. Well, no, it's good. The it's, Bears it's are known pick. historically of making bad first-round picks, so Correct. that would be right in form with what they've done this in the past. He gets so. it. He gets it. <laughs> So yeah, I take, I take it they don't have Najee Harris going in the going twentieth. So well, I, I want to hear, well, you. dude, Najee. Oh no, that run he went on at the end of the year. We're not knocking on Najee whatsoever. Oh, we're not knocking on Najee whatsoever. Najee's a great running back. I just see him going to the Steelers. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I've also looked at the Dolphins. You know, they might want to get him too because they they're in the need of a running back. They they are. That's true. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Have a whole Alabama offense, basically. Yeah, I mean, hey, what what hurts there, though, you know? Brian Flores respects Nick Saban's game. <laughs> All right, so that, that's my, again, to recap, 16, uh, Quiddy Pay, Trevon Morig, Elijah Vera Tucker, Trey Lance, and Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just for anyone who's listening to this, right, assume I'm saying if they're still on the board, Right, this is obviously my mock draft, but if they're still on the board, these are the players that I'd be taking kind of for the rest of the draft. At 16 for the Cardinals, I'll make it pretty brief. Um, you lose Patrick Peterson. Uh, you, you've you added guys like J.J. Watt. You've signed a veteran receiver in A.J. Green, which, eh, in my opinion. But the one thing that I, why I wouldn't go with pass rush there is because Chandler Jones is coming back. You know, I think he tore his, his pectoral muscle, was out for basically the whole year and when he is healthy. And he's proven to be pretty durable. It's not like he's injured all the time, kind of like J.J. Watt has been. But he was top five pass rusher in the NFL. So he's still in, his, in an age where he's at his prime. If he comes back healthy, you know, he should still be, I think, a, a, a top five, top ten pass rusher. If J.J. Watt can stay on the field, he's a nice addition. I don't think you need to draft there and go three. I think you need to look at cornerback. So I think they go Greg Newsom, the second kid out of Northwestern. Mm. Steve Kine, the GM for the Cardinals, has drafted historically much better on the defensive side of the football than the offensive side of the football. Okay, Christian Kirk, second round receiver from Texas A&M, is okay, but I think there were better options available. Uh, I, you saw how poorly it went when they drafted Josh Rosen, and had they not finished, finished, excuse me, with the worst record in the NFL, who knows who they would have taken outside of Kyler Murray? But he was just too good to pass up. So I, I think he will want to stay with defense, and I think that uh, just addressing some of who they're going to be guarding in terms of the best wide receivers when you're looking at that division is going to be much more of a priority than pass rush. Though I like the idea of it, don't get me wrong. Um, 17 with the Raiders, Micah Parsons, he's still on my board at this point. I think he's a perfect fit at that point. You know, quarterback situation is weird, but just you think about John Gruden, I think that we would all bet on Gruden sticking with Carr. He likes Carr a lot. He likes the relationship. He likes the type of quarterback he is. Just gets hurt, you know, misses big chunks of time. This has happened in multiple seasons, and I don't think he loves the idea of trying to lead a team to the postseason with Marcus Mariota, but likes him as a backup, and I think that's why you re-signed him because there were those flashes where he looked like he could run the offense and run the team pretty well. Dolphins at 18, this is where I have them taking Kawiti Pei. Shaq Lawson, gone, so you could slot him in there. I think he is arguably one of, if not the the best pass rusher in this draft, so... You know, if he were to go in that spot with the Dolphins, you're addressing a lot of significant needs, and you're doing it with pretty good players um, because I had them taking a wide receiver uh, in Jamar Chase, and now they would be getting 
would he pay there? That'd be awesome for first couple yeah. picks if yeah. you're a Dolphins fan. <sighs> Washington football team, I don't know at this point. You know, do you take a quarterback? At this point, six are off the board in my draft, so I don't love with your first-round pick. Because this is the other thing for these teams in the middle to later part of the draft. There are so many teams that need quarterbacks. There are really good players at other positions that are going to be available. So normally when you're at like 15, 16, you're like, oh, man, like who who are we going to get? Because we have a need here, but that has been taken by so many other guys. Everybody that doesn't need a quarterback, they got to be licking their lips at this point. So I think with Washington, they're going to take Tevin Jenkins, tackle out of Oklahoma mm. State. Just a solid, you know, farm boy strength. You can just anchor him in there. Like, I, I just, these Midwest guys, you know, that they come out of the Oklahoma States, the Wisconsins, like, you know, Big Ten, Big 12. I love them. I love them at this point in the draft. And because you don't know who the quarterback is and because you're not really going to be able to get a great quarterback, Taylor Heineke could be good. He could be really solid. But the problem is the sample size is so minuscule that it would be unfair to say that, well, because he played one decent half of one NFL postseason game, we are going to invest our future into Taylor Heineke. Right. I just think that you go tackle here. Again, it's, okay. it's a solid, safe pick. But if Heineke is the guy, cool. You'll get to see more out of him because he's safe. And if not, whoever you do take will have a second-year tackle in there and, and you're solid. And then at 20 with the Bears... Kadarius Tony, wide Dang receiver. It. You stole that from. Oh man, I was looking at that pick, man. It, was, it looks good. It, it looks it good, looked, right? It's really good. It's another. <laughs> the Bears are another team where it's like you know, Allen Robinson, cool. Outside of that, nothing. Yeah, I, yeah. I really feel like so. You go with Tony, explosive speed off oh. the line, right? I think he could take the top off of defenses. And listen, whoever's whoever is going to be the QB in the Bears for the future, because I don't think the present is looking all that stellar. I think Kadarius, excuse me, Kadarius Tony is is he excites me. I, I think that I I really like what he has to offer, especially for the value of that pick. Yeah, you know I love that um, Kadarius Tony. We're very familiar with Kadarius Tony. We've been talking about him for I think ever since this show has actually even started, which is almost three years ago now. Yeah, I, I've been calling Tony. him the cl- for Florida the closest thing to Percy Harvin that we've right. had. We've been know. calling him that for for ages now. I love that pick. I don't. Um, I looked at. I was looking at him going to Washington, and I realized, eh, no. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I feel like you do something better. Um, so I'm gonna. I I will be holding him to the Bears actually. So, for Arizona, I'm going Jalen Phillips out of the U. Okay. I like him. And then for the Raiders, I'm going uh, Trevor Morig. Is that how you say his name correctly? I, I, that's the closest I'm getting to. We're going to hear the correct pronunciation come Thursday, but if he goes the first round, I believe he will. But uh, for right now, I don't know. Um, you know, this is another spot I was looking at, Gadarius Tony or even uh, Najee for Miami right now. But they do need another outside outside linebacker, and I'm looking at Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I watched him play against Oklahoma State, and he was really, he was really shifty and really fun to watch. And then uh, for... Washington, I'm going to be sticking with a O-lineman, Christian Darisol, also out of Virginia Tech. And then I will be going Kadarius Tony for the Bears. Now, I still have for I have a couple corners left that I'm going to be using here soon. I was looking at a use in this in this part of my draft, but changed my mind. Um, you have a guy still on my draft at least, Caleb Farley mm-hmm. and then Greg Newsom. Those are both two very, very short-handed. And Caleb Farley, by the way, 
he was a receiver when he first started at Virginia Tech, and now he is a corner. So, you know, he's a guy who, who has good hands, and he also has great speed as well. So those are your those are your picks. We've done one through twenty up to this point. We have twelve more to go, but we have to take a timeout. And so when we get back, I'm just gonna mow right through mine. Yeah, we, we might as and well. Then, <laughs> and then we'll 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 wrap it up from there. And if we have any time left, we'll recap the European Super League because I do have some thoughts on that. That's next on ESPN Pensacola, thirteen thirty AM and ninety nine one FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. We are doing the Sports Call NFL Mock Draft, which, by the way, the draft is this Thursday, the first round only, and you can catch the coverage here on ESPN Pensacola. So we'll see who was right on many of these picks, who was wrong. I very much doubt any of us are going to get a perfect first round, but if we do, go ahead, ESPN, and hire us full-time because that's that's going to be a glimpse into the future. There's no... There's no uh, Definitely no flukes here. We're doing this the right way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and rush through uh, t- picks 21 through 32. Kadarius Tony to the Indianapolis Colts. Ben. A good weapon for Carson Wentz to throw to. Kind of reminds me of T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, by the way, is returning to the Colts. Have that going on. That may be a reason why they don't go for him, but I just like him going to the Colts. The next pick is going to be by the uh, it's going to be by the Tennessee Titans. I have uh, Zavon Collins going to the the uh, the Titans. He's out of Tulsa. Number twenty three, owned by the Jets. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne going, uh, adding some running back help. They draft a quarterback, then they're going to go running back. Twenty four is owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and with the twenty fourth overall pick, Greg Newsom. I have him going out of Northwestern, defensive back. I like I like him going to the uh, the Steelers and then number twenty five uh, that's owned by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do have Christian Darrisaw going there. Number twenty six is the Cleveland Browns. I do have them taking Aziz Ohuari. Ojuari, I think that's how you say his last name. I'm not sure. Number twenty seven is the Baltimore Ravens. And actually, here I like Jalen Phillips out of Miami to go there defensive wow. line. I like that pick. Plummeting, dude. I like that pick. Okay, number 28 is owned by the New Orleans Saints. And why not go for uh, Terrence Marshall or Terrence Marshall out of LSU receiver? They need some receiver help. That's a good one, They man. lost some big ones. I, like I, li- I really like that pick. That's one of the picks where I actually felt the most confident. Uh, 29th pick is owned by the Green Bay Packers. You know they're not going quarterback here. And uh, with that, I actually think they're going to go with uh, uh, Jamin Davis, Jamin Davis. I think that's how you say his last name. Number 30, owned by the Buffalo Bills. I, I know a lot of people think that that's where they would probably take a running back out of Najee Harris. He's obviously off my board already, so is Travis Etienne. I have them taking Tevin Jenkins, uh, number 31, owned by the Baltimore Ravens also. I think they're going to go Christian Bearmore here out of, out of Alabama. And then number 32, this is one, I'm a Bucks fan, so I dug a little bit deeper into this. I mean, obviously, you're good at the quarterback position. Obviously, you're good at the wide receiver position. You're very, you had one of the best defenses in all of the NFL, and you re-signed all 22 starters. Only team in NFL history, I think, to ever do that, to, re, to win a Super Bowl and then re-sign all 22 starters. So this one was a tricky one, but I do think that you got to keep your 43-year-old quarterback healthy, got to keep him safe. And I, I've always thought we needed some help at the center position, so Landon Dickerson out Hold of on. Alabama. I just realized we have not said a name 
That's a local boy that's still on this list. Alex Leatherwood. I know. I'm like, hold on. I've been saying he's, he's, he's on my list. Don't okay, you worry. Good. He's on the list. Like, I know. Whoa. I haven't forgotten about him. I think he's going to be a second round. Pick. Why though? He's, 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 he's everything that you need. He's a first rounder. You know what? If the Bucks were to take him, I'm st- I'm jumping for joy. I think they're going to go. I've Landon been saying Dickerson, the Bucks though. will take him since I think. The first or second round of playoffs. I've been Bucks, saying the Bucks will take they him. They have a pretty good interior line, though. They do, but the thing is, Alex Leatherwood is the future of the game. And then and he has the awards. I he's, think he's, he's a, a good four-year starter at Alabama. First team All-SEC, first team All-American. This he guy has everything. Yes. He won the Allen. Look, I'm, no disrespect to Leatherwood. I, fantastic guy. Going to go second round, in my opinion. Bucks, uh, Bucks aren't going to take Leatherwood. You know why? Why? Because he's going sooner than that. Okay, then I'm fine with where do you that. think as he's going to he go? It's your turn. Twenty-one through thirty-two. Right. I, I know where he's where he's going on my list. I'll, I'll, re, I'll real quick. Okay, Indianapolis Colts. I think they're taking Elijah Moore, right wide receiver, like you said. I like um, that. Tennessee Titans. I like Rashad Bateman here out of Minnesota. Um, it, look, Johnu Smith gone. Corey Davis gone. Adam Humphreys gone. All from free agency. So you kind of have to address that in the draft. There's just no time. Um, the New York Jets. I think Caleb Farley's going to fall because of these injury concerns that we've seen. Um, I think if he was fully healthy, right, and a better pro day, you would see him top, maybe even top 10, mm-hmm. but top 15 for sure. And if you're the Jets, you've already got your quarterback. Why not take a chance at 24? Like, it could be a home run. It could be a miss. Either way, if it is a home run, you're not making the playoffs with the New York Jets. So it really doesn't hurt to take a flyer on Caleb Davis. The Steelers, this is the perfect pick for Nachi Harris. Thank they you. They were worse the NFL oh, in rushing. Worst in yards, worst in carries, and they lose James Conner. Yeah, James Conner is mean, it's literally it's, it's screaming Najee like, Harris. Perfect, like, come on, perfect, perfect match there. At twenty-five, I have the Jaguars taking Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Again, you can't go wrong with a receiver in this draft. Um, there's just so much depth, and because so many quarterbacks are being taken I think early, I know where you're sending Alex Leatherwood. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, the Browns, I they're taking the the kid out of Washington, Levi Onwuzurik, uh from Washington. Um, I just think that the Browns, when you look at their playoff performance, the defense is nasty, only make them nastier, okay? A lot of weapons on the offensive side of the football, but when you're looking at the best teams, it's it's really going to be the Chiefs. And I still think the Ravens are, are, are a good, good team uh, in the AFC, but yeah, just add to that pass rush. Terrence Marshall I have for the Ravens at 27. One thing we've talked about, Terrence Marshall, we all know about him. Yes. Zayvon Collins going 28 to the Saints. I would have the Saints taking Marshall if he were there, but I yeah. think he's going to be off the board. I think Zayvon Collins is the best available talent. I have the kid from Notre Dame, Owusu Kormor, falling all the way to the Packers. And you got to admit, if this happens, that is a dream pick for Green Bay. It okay? is. It is. But if it doesn't happen, they'd probably go Jamin Davis. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree with that. Um, Buffalo Bills, I had them taking the kid out of Penn State, Jason Away. Um, and then at 31, Leatherwood. Okay. The Baltimore okay. Ravens. I like, saw it. I Lam- saw it coming. Lamar Jackson it. is just getting knocked around all of the time. If you can keep him on his feet, like, I know he's not a great pass rusher, but when the line breaks down that way, then he'll have more room to run in that sense. And the spy just can't and do it, enough. You know, it would be a good pick. It would be. Like, Bucks. And then I have uh, Samuel Cosme, the kid out of Texas. All right. Justin, you're going to have to lightning your way through this <laughs> All one. right. Well, I'm going <laughs> Quiddy Pay for the Colts. And then uh, Tennessee Titans are going Greg Newsome. And then I have Travis Etienne going to the Jets. And then my perfect pick. Like, this is, like, the pick that I have just relied so much on and have been saying for weeks on weeks on weeks, Najee Harris to the Steelers. It will happen. Tevin Jenkins, are, will, he will be going to the Jaguars. Um. And like you said with the Browns, boost that defense. I'm going Gregory Rosier. I don't know how to say his last name. No, but I love the pick there as yeah. well. 
Uh, and then for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Terrence Marshall for the Saints. I'll be going to Elijah Moore on Ole Miss because he, in my opinion, was probably up until the third, fourth week, he was the top receiver. It looked at in front out of the SEC. Uh, and then the Green Bay, they'll be going Jamin Davis. And then I'm looking at the Bills. They are... They need some defense, in my opinion, but not really their secondary. It's more on their line. Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. He can be a good pick for them. And then I'm going with Alex Leatherwood to the Kansas City Chiefs. Where should I go with this last pick? Too bad the Chiefs don't own a pick in the first round. Oh, yeah. It's Ravens. Yeah, it's Ravens now. That's correct. I mean, you can throw him there, too, as well, actually. Yeah. The Bucks. Um... Let's go Elijah Bear Tucker. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. That's going to be Thursday. Chris, thank you for joining us. Pleasure, fellas. Thanks for having me. Do it again soon. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week.